0: Listeners, welcome aboard Costume Station Zero. I'm Bob Mitch, and I'm joined today by two really awesome folks, and we're going to be talking the First Doctor's costume today. Uh, I'm here with Valerie Anderson. Hello! Uh, Valerie, for anyone who might know, at uh, Gallifrey One does a fantastic uh, First Doctor costume, both a standard version and a femme version, and I'm also joined by Scott Sebring. Hello! Hello! Uh, Scott did a also equally fabulous first doctor for our skit, uh, Retirement of a Time Lord, in the uh, 2009 Gallifrey one. And of course, I've also put this costume together, first in 2008 and uh, given it the Beagle upgrade in 2011. So let's just jump right into the basics before talking, you know, costume specifics. Uh, uh, Hartnell, to me, is definitely the least cosplayed of all the doctors, or certainly all of the established television canon doctors. We won't get, we won't go off canon here, but, uh, and it seems to me that this is partly because he seems to be watched the less, and he also seems to be, well, how do I put this, it's maybe a casting issue for some people, um, but I don't know, I, you know, it's just, he just doesn't get a lot of love, and I think he's a great doctor, and I just want to get into, you know, why, why William Hartnell? Why did you guys choose William Hartnell and, you know, why would anybody else go, Wow, that, that old doctor, hmm, should I do that? Should I tackle that?
1: Um, uh, no, my thing I chose him because I've got the body type. I've got I've got the face. I think I could pull it off. You know, that and I can see it in my head. I'm just like I've I've done uh, what what what, my, what one might term a spindly figure over the years. I've done Elizabeth I, I've done Norma Desmond, I've done the Wicked Witch of the West, you know, those kinds of faces. And Hartnell's face, to me, just kind of falls right in there.
0: Okay, so casting, casting very important, gotcha. Scott? Uh, Actually, one of the main reasons why I ended up doing the first
2: Doctor is for all the reasons you named first, Bob, which was he was just one of those Doctors that just never seemed to get, you know, the love and I, you know, and maybe not quite the popularity, for one reason or another. And uh, I just found him to be a character, you know. Uh, I mean that 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 was the biggest thing for me. I mean, you know, to his disadvantage, you know, being the first, you know, that the the whole mythos of of what is the Doctor, what is even a Time Lord, or anything like that, you know, he, he didn't have that, you know. Um, that that we have now that, you know, when someone comes in as the 11th or 12th whatever doctor, you know, there's plenty of backstory about what kind of a uh, Time Lord kind of is in the beginning. And uh, I don't think he had that. But Hartnell, uh, he was, like I said, he was just this character, you know, um, that evolved.
0: No, yeah, he has a lot or, of charm.
2: yeah it, Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, grumpy antagonistic you know okay maybe not you know but more grandfatherly and kind of fella you know uh you know predecessor to yoda you know my, you know as far as you guys older than me you know that kind of guy you know and uh so so he just intrigued me as a character i i didn't have the body type i i don't have the face you know
0: uh and that shouldn't stop anyone from doing this doctor or any costume, in my opinion. But no, I see what you're saying. No.
2: Oh, it can totally come—it can totally come to your uh, be to your advantage, you know, casting and that sort of stuff. And uh, and often I'll try to lean that way for myself. But uh, yeah, he was just one of those uh, doctors. Like I said, I wasn't seeing him really being represented out there very much. And uh, I think it was even a case that uh, you had a friend, uh, Aubrey. Do the doctor for uh, San Diego Comic Con?
0: Yeah, in 08, that was the first version I put together. And, then
2: we were, and we were talking about, you know, trying to get, you know, a group of doctors for uh, 2009. And uh, I think you made a mention, like, yeah, I don't know who wants to do the first doctor. I'm like, well, who doesn't want to do the first doctor? I'll do the first doctor, you know. And that was that was uh, the start of it for me.
0: Which was great because I rarely get volunteers for the first doctor, so. <laughs> Which is why yeah. I had to do it for once in 2011. So uh, you know,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, you know, on, on the other end of it, which just kind of getting into you know beyond the, the costume aspect of it is that uh, hey, I don't have the hairline, you know, for Hartnell, and I wasn't necessarily going to do just the you know wear the hat type of method of sure. you know, put the wig and wear the hat, which is totally fine. Uh, but if I was going to do it, I wanted to go the all out, you know get the receding hairline. I'm doing hand gestures to everybody on the podcast who can't see this. Uh, You know, but I wanted to try to go for like the receding hairline uh, type thing, which meant it was makeup. Right, right. And and bless my wife for wanting to not only dabble in things like uh, sewing and patterns and stuff like that, but also, she's just a big makeup enthusiast, so she got a guinea pig to do a bald cap and put a lace wig on and try to do an age makeup on somebody, you know. You know, she had me, but uh you know but for us it's like about a four or five hour uh makeup process.
0: I remember all too well that yeah, she was nice yeah. enough to do it on me and it, it looks nice, but I still look too young. I mean that's the problem. It's like hey I look good but I'm still too young. Mm-hmm. Um but enjoy uh enjoy while you can, Bob. Thanks. Yes, I know. <laughs> Double edged sword that is. Yes, it is. Um but yeah, no. Um let we will get back to makeup a little bit later. Let's get into the costume itself because um I think what's interesting is we all took kind of different approaches on this. Um uh, let's start with the Hartnell jacket or coat. Because I always think that the doctor's coats kind of really are the, the keystone of his costumes, and in Hartnell I definitely think that's the case.
2: Oh absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Uh, coat, the coat, uh, the coat pattern I used was something from a place called Laughing Moon Mercantile, mm-hmm. and it was it. <laughs> I I sized it out from a men's thirty four.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: uh, and I cut it uh, in muslin first, and you know had it fit I'd fit it that way, and then um, and then cut it out of. Uh, actually, it was a wool blend. Uh, midnight blue wool blend. I didn't think it. I, I used the blue because um, I'm thinking that his coat was blue, even in black and white television. Very likely. I think, uh, I'm, and I'm thinking that the blue gives it a softer tone.
0: No, completely. And you have to be aware of that for photography and how is it going to read in different lights and especially the the all important flash photography, which we all have to live with, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like- that's how I did my coat
2: yeah uh, our coat uh, was actually a modified uh, found item. I mean you know good luck finding any kind of like frock coat or anything like that, let alone something that's you know either you know double breasted, single breasted or what have you you know um, but you know, <laughs> but once again, uh, you know put together a lot of photos and a lot of reference material, did a lot of printouts and hit a lot of thrift stores. You know, initially, just sure. as kind of, I mean, if you could find it and slightly modified it to get it to where you want, rather than doing full blown tailoring, you know, cool. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a done deal. Um, and we ended up going with like a really, really kind of, like I said, a, a dark Navy blue, uh, type of thing. Uh, I think if we came across a black, we would have possibly gone with the black. Uh, cause, cause in a lot of people's mind's eye, that's how they, you know, think of it to be you know but i think yeah I, I completely agree with valerie that i think the uh you know my basic impression of it is that uh it was more likely a like sort of really really dark blue uh for black and white television cuz it is very rare that they'll go with a black black right on uh, black and white television
0: yeah i know um for the the first version we did it was uh yeah it was a standard found um uh western style frock coat you can pick up on like uh, gentlemensemporium.com uh, i believe it's a woolmaker brand and that was actually a loner because, <clears throat> you know, we were on a strict budget that year to put together all the costumes. And then for the overhaul, um, I went and had it custom made through Baron Boutique. And I sent them a ton of photos because I decided I really want that jacket. You know, I really want it with the slanted pockets, the shawl rolled collar, the, um, the double breasted, the six buttons on each side. You know, I want the Hartnell jacket and they nailed it. They did a really good job. And of course, I went black as a perception because I did consider the midnight blue. And uh, it looks great. And now, that's obviously a, a way to go for some people. If they, I, I believe Cosplay Sky offers a version of this now as well uh, for much less. And, um, but I, I'm a big believer in either uh, making it as Valerie did or, um, or commissioning it. You can always get by with um, some kind of frock or, or long suit jacket or something. Because the way I see it is you can always get the read, the feel. But um, to get those details, it's so hard because that's not a common style at all. No, no, not at all.
1: And I mean, for like, me, and for me, I don't have the—I don't really have the luxury of getting anything off the rack because nothing will fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right,
0: right, right,
2: right. I mean, but the funny thing is, is like—I mean, I was even like trying to look at uh, some vintage uh, uh, gentlemen's patterns and vintage uh, books from back in the day as just reference material. You know, and I still wasn't seeing that coat. You know, I've seen things <laughs> that like would hit towards it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but you know, the, the thing as it stu- stands is like I still have never seen another coat like it or a pattern directly, you know, like it. Uh, you know, like yeah, with the six buttons and all that.
1: Oh, uh, and especially from the um, the front has to be rounded out because I know in my the pattern I got it was square. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very yeah. true. Yeah, and uh, you know, in source material for him. Uh is such a bear. <laughs> oh, <God.
1: laughs>
2: you know, I mean you might get the tidbit, maybe a slight color photo from off the set, kind of, and it wasn't the best, you know, uh uh I'm not gonna say the best photography at the time, but you know, for like a color reference or anything like that. Uh but um you know, the it just seems like I said, if you're trying to go for screen captures, yeah, good luck with that. It doesn't hold up in Blu-ray, does
0: it, you know? <laughs> Well, thank God that the DVDs have been remastered so nicely to give you an idea. But there are some really good uh, photos floating around out there um, that I found on TragicalHistoryTour.com. And occasionally you might find something on uh, shill pages. But yeah, no, I, I had to just pull all every reference I could and every decent screen grab. And screen grabs to me were best for... Uh, the occasional time they might zero in on him working the controls and I could get like the cuff button you know <laughs> or something. Uh, you know, so, yeah. Oh yeah,
2: There's uh, there was one particular, I think this was probably from uh, Tragical, uh, was the uh, was a really good shot of him looking at you straight on and he kind of had his hand uh, just kind of slightly opening his, his uh, on his coat. So he had this great, very high res, very clear shot of uh, his vest but even the buttons on his coat. I was actually sitting there going, "Like, wow, this—that's actually the pattern on—you know—the pattern of the buttons." Uh, couldn't find those kind of buttons, but no. <laughs> <laughs> not from lack of trying.
0: Yes. Uh, but luckily, I don't think many people out there um, are going to actually bust you on the pattern of the button on the Hartnell jacket.
1: Oh no, no! no. no.
2: There's, let's face it. There's always, there's always somebody sitting, you know, in a dark little room, you know, <laughs> going through the going through the
0: internet, going. Well, actually,
2: you know. <laughs> and that, that, but you know, you know if that if that makes them happy. Got but. You. Uh
1: mm-hmm.
2: But.
0: Man, you know we've been talking about the coat, but you know, should, should I should I push forward about that vest? Yeah, let's talk the vest. Yeah, let's do it.
1: <laughs> well, my little story with the vest. Um, I did get a screen cap. I think it was from the Daleks when he was sitting on the floor, leaning against the wall, with his coat off, mm-hmm. and a, a clean shot of the vest. And I'm looking at the pattern. Okay. Fine, I print this thing out big as I can, and i'm i'm just going i'm just going hit the stores, try to figure it out i can't find it. I cannot find this thing are you talking hmm?
0: I'm sorry, are you talking the actual pattern of the vest or you mean the but fabric
1: talking, no the fabric the okay. fabric the pattern of the uh to mat- to come close to matching that oh yes uh, but what I did find was yards and yards and yards of some um cotton uh that had a nice texture to it so i'm like you know i might be able to work with this um i was fortunate enough to inherit my mother's sewing machine and she had the um she's got those fancy stitches on it so i picked up some, some of those um special stitch cams of hers and matched the pattern of that vest by basically making my own fabric. Mm-hmm. I, I just stitched over the um, the texture of that of that fabric, and then just cut the vest out of that.
0: Wow! wow.
2: <laughs> Very patient. I'm sure you're quite nervous going in those little straight lines, row by row by row.
1: <laughs> so I was like, please, 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 don't jam. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> oh. uh, we, yeah we there's, no, there's no back there's no backspacing in sewing really
1: <laughs> no, no 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 but yeah i uh, there was a lot of that material, so I bought like three yards of it, knowing I wasn't gonna use over a yard at least but um i I actually uh had and you'll probably talk to this later, but I had enough of that left over to make the best for my feminine version of that outfit.
0: Well, there you go. Double use.
1: There you go. Um,
0: well, I mean, for the, the first vest I used was just a, you know, again, we run a budget. I just had to find a, a thrift find. And I, oh, man, finding that fabric, anything vaguely close was very tough. And I noticed in the five doctors, uh, they had gone with a plain uh, vest. So I thought, you know what, let's just make it easy. Again, it's all about the basic read. So I just got a plain cream vest. It was huge. It had to be pinned back on us. And that worked, you know, Okay. And then for the uh, the upgrade um, for both Scott and my costume, uh, w- w- that was that was quite a hunt, wasn't it, in the fabric district? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, being out in L.A., I mean, we are blessed and cursed <laughs> by having a really big uh, you know fabric district in the downtown area, as well as some peripheral stores out here. I mean, things like Mood Fabrics, uh, which has got like a lot of designer stuff and uh, international silk and wool, woolen, and those kind of places. Uh, when I say blessing and curses, because they are available, but it's a curse because you're going to check every last one of them in every square inch of those places.
0: It's A lot of time. Yeah, yeah, it's time.
2: a lot of time, a lot of gas, and that sort of thing. Uh, but choice, you know, those,
1: choice cannot can be a bad thing. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, it's 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 you know no, well, but you believe that you know no stone left unturned. Uh, but yeah, we went around with uh, like I said, I mean, I, I had that one shot that I uh, printed up, uh, and we're looking at the pattern of it and. Just going with anything that we thought was close or, you know, had that kind of feel. And of all things, in downtown, we ended up like with the, in front of like an upholstery place, I uh-huh. believe. Yep. And we found this upholstery pat uh, that, that okay, up close, no, it's not the same pattern. But it had this reed and it had this texture and it had the color. The color reed on it was really, really nice. That when you just kind of stood back from it and you go, that looks very much like that kind of material.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A good cousin of it anyway.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good cousin of it. And uh, so we went with that. And
0: uh, It was dirt cheap, I remember.
2: Yeah, well, it was, it was cheap enough that we could get quite a bit of it. And uh, once again, Vicki uh, found some various uh, vest patterns and kind of mutated them and used a little bit of this pattern to a touch of that pattern to try to uh, put that thing together. The only thing about that material is that it frays like mad. Mm. Yeah, she, because she. It was an upholstery kind of uh, woven kind of thing or whatever, and it, oh, would, it was very susceptible to to uh, fraying. But uh, yeah, that was. But uh, like I said, that, that material itself was a nice find, and uh, you know, like I said, she took the time to do the pockets and all that other fun stuff on the vest, like Hartnell had.
0: It's a great vest. Um, essentially, yeah, we got two vests out of it—one uh, for Scott, one for me and um, they look great and I'm very happy with it and I think Scott did nail it that uh, you really want to aim for something that has um, maybe not necessarily upholstery but definitely check that option out if anyone is uh, pursuing this costume and uh, needs to find the vest because uh, having that textured quality I think really helps more so than say a printed cotton
1: you know the upholstery rack can come in really really handy for a lot of costuming
0: oh yeah Oh, I, mean,
1: yeah. I I used it for Elizabeth first. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> Which makes perfect sense to me, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the funny thing about upholstery is, I mean, other than thickness and stuff, I mean, they are probably the closest kin to these vintage fabrics that, you know, a lot of the stuff is kind of like based upon anyway,
0: you know, yeah. so. at least they give you the read certainly, but yeah, yeah.
2: absolutely. And,
0: uh, so but, I was, was going to move on from the, the vest in that. well, I mean, granted, we're talking primarily about the what we think to be the main vest, which is what he wore during most of seasons one and two. He did switch vests to a darker palette in season three, but it's just, you know, it's something about, as we discussed, it's like you want to do that, um, that mixture between what do people expect and, you know, what specifically are you aiming for? And if you're going to aim for something, you should try to go for, I think, I'm a big believer in going for the, at least one of the more iconic looks. And I think going for the season one look, I mean, pick your story and you're generally in the same ballpark with Hartnell. He didn't change that much. Uh, unless you're talking about where in the reign of terror or, you know, later on in the, the robe or Toga and the Romans, you know, you could get crazy with that stuff. But I think for iconic first doctor, you got to stay somewhere in the vicinity of the first season.
2: Well, I think the other thing about that first season is that, uh, you know, that's, you know, some people will argue it, but I think, let's face it, that's some of the most iconic episodes that he has.
0: Mm -hmm. That's the core original TARDIS crew right there with Susan, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Exactly, and, you know, an introduction of the Daleks and stuff like that. So if you're going to Doctor Who 101 back in the day, it's going to be those episodes on Earthly Child and, and so forth.
1: Right, and it's going to be the ambassador hat, and not that white fedora he was wearing.
0: Exactly right, right and or the cowboy hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, and you know it's that's got to be done though. <laughs> hey, somebody else could do it. I'm not. Yeah, touching. really. <laughs> no great love for the gunfighters.
2: I, I, I love the first doctor, but you know, uh, boy, we all can have a turkey.
1: <laughs> oh man. <sighs> They
0: tried. Come on. They tried.
1: I watched it three times, and I still can't get a whole lot of re- uh, uh, appreciation it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I can see it being a very good idea on paper, but something in that execution just really went awry, I will say. Wow. Three times, though. That's that's a record. I think I've managed twice. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only episode where, uh, on my Thursday Doctor Who viewing nights, we actually all voted about midway through to stop watching it.
2: Oh, yeah. I- I'm about to say, I, ne- I, I, di- I didn't finish it. I have to admit, I didn't finish it. I think it was about that. Oh. <laughs> uh, that yeah, that is I think, yeah, that is the only one that I just could not
0: finish. Yeah. Um,
2: it, it was too painful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I still blame the ballad, but we're 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 getting off track here. Back to the yes. back to the costume. Um, right. Yeah, no, there's a lot of cool little variants. I think the Panama hat from Dalek's Master Plan is a nice touch, and and so on. But uh, the and, and it does. It's nice to have the variety of of the later season and the slightly darker palette for the vest and the uh, the trousers. But actually, speaking of trousers, let's let's talk trousers. Okay. Oh. Yes, the
1: trousers.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, why don't you go ahead, Valerie? Because I really liked your solution.
1: Yeah, um, I, recognizing that this program was made in the 60s, I had to find a men's trouser pattern that was made in the 60s, so eBay, here I come, and eBay, there it was. Um, Bought it off of eBay, again, this is one of those men's trouser patterns, I'm a size two. Okay. Okay, (laughs) so out comes the muslin, and I'm, you know, getting a size down to me. But the thing of it was finding the fabric. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's the same thing with the trousers as it is with the vest. But I got lucky. I—it's it, one of these when you're when you're not looking for it, you oh, find. Yeah. It, you know, and I was standing. Yeah, we got Joanne Fabrics here, and there I was, and it was up in the rafters. <laughs> it was a—it was a bolt of gauze. Literally, hmm. it was gauze. And it was the pattern of the pants. And I'm like, I have to have it. I don't <laughs> care that it's gauze. Right. Uh, but I bought about 10 yards of it because I figured this is gauze. You mm-hmm. talk about ravel. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way you can make a pair of pants out of this as it is. So I simply I cut the pattern out. I I ironed on the Pellon iron-on webbing, and it stiffened it up all the pieces, stiffened up to a point where I could make those pants.
0: There you but go. Then,
1: but then after I made them, because I had the webbing on the back of it, they scratched like crazy. So I ended <laughs> up having <laughs> I ended up having to uh, uh, put a lining in them. Yeah. So yeah. I. Made I made these pants like three times. <laughs> <laughs> well, one side of the muslin, one side of the fabric, and one side of the lining, but I'm here to tell you, they work.
0: They do look great, and you know, it, I'm a big believer in, yeah, hey, if it's got the reed and you can make it work, make it work by all means. <laughs> um, I know that for, um, for my costume, the trousers is, is one of the only items. That has not been upgraded since 2008. Uh, Scott, didn't you wear those trousers too?
2: Yeah, I about to sit there and say, yeah, Vicky and I didn't even go down that road for the trousers. We looked at that material and stuff when, and uh, I, I tried on your trousers and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm wearing.
0: <laughs> <sighs> uh, I, I had a very lucky thrift store find. I, I remember, uh, I don't even think I was looking for Hartnell trousers that day. As you say, it's it's when you're not looking and I was out shopping probably for the other doctors because at this point I'm in the middle of putting together several doctor outfits at once. Hartnell was low on the list, not just because of the reasons we stated, but I kind of knew that year my budget might not make Hartnell. And the very first year we did that group, which was actually 2007, he didn't. So uh, in the middle of of all that, I do remember, because it was in my mind's eye, You know, I've seen enough photos of it, and I saw a a pair of uh, vintage what looked like late 60s trousers and uh, the the color palette was great, and the, the pattern looked very very good. It it had that kind of uh, that check kind of pattern of, of well, kind of a fine check with almost like a it's almost made up of a mini houndstooth, and uh, it had the the little multicoloredness in it. And I thought, ooh, that I like this. This this works. My my only complaint with those trousers is uh, the pattern is a little too fine. I wish it was slightly larger. But other than that, I've got no complaints. And hey, for a gosh, a $18 thrift find. You can't complain. Yeah. So we ended up using that. I had it retailed slightly to take, uh, to, to narrow it a little bit. And there you go. And that's, those are still my trousers to this day. I mean, I'm, I'm still thinking about upgrading, but it's not high on the list right now, but those are, I think those are two very, you know, different approaches that get you the same result for that costume. And yeah, I, um, No,
2: sorry? no uh, go on. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> um, just as we were talking here, I wanted to take a real quick look. Uh, uh, I took photos of Valerie's uh, first doctor in 2011, mm-hmm. and uh, I had to go take a look at the pants again after she said. <laughs> and and uh, what she did with them, and I, I'm just going to sit there and go, "Wow, my hat off!" To him. I look at them; they look amazing. You know, I mean, they were amazing at first, but I had no idea they were gauze. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, you had me dig into my folder and go, I got to take a look at those pictures again.
1: Well, you know, I, don't, I don't understand why they even made that material. Obviously, nobody bought it because, I mean, there was like a 20 yard roll up on. Up, I mean, I had to knock the dust off of it. It was ridiculous. But why anybody would make that material in that pattern is beyond me.
2: <laughs> no idea, but lucky for you, they did. That's lucky
1: for sure. Me. <laughs>
0: hmm. Wow. Um, so we'll dip down to footwear before going back up. I, I know that, um, I've read he, uh, Hartnell wore a two-tone country boot, uh, in brown and black, and it was a, you know, high ankle boot. Um, I've rarely seen boots like these today. Actually, the, the modern descendant of this, of this boot is more of a hiking boot, um, and, uh, it must be more of an English thing. And I've, I've always been searching for a good boot. I think once I found a pair that I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, that, that looks like perfect. And of course it wasn't in my size, you know, <laughs> it was like the only pair they had. Um, I know that our work around on that has been to wear, you know, standard black dress shoes with, um, uh, brown spats. to to give it that look and anyone really you can get by with with dark dress shoes of any type i don't think anyone's going to be looking at your feet unless uh, you've gone way off course but um that that's the way i've seen it but i I know that wasn't what he always wore but that's what i consider the standard uh, hartnell boot
2: yeah i mean going off course would be like wearing you know like those you know glitter platforms or something uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) hartnell was mean on the dance floor
1: uh, uh, well, yeah, that was my solution too. I ended up I could, I could again being a woman, it's hard to find the size, and uh, I did. I found some uh, woman size six wingtips on Zappos, so uh, <laughs> I got I got those, and I made the, the spats um, like you guys were saying. With uh, I made them out of brown canvas with a beige bias around the sides.
0: Yeah, that's extremely similar to what we have. Yeah, I just I just found some spats that looked the part. I dyed them brown and there you go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um so, I mean, that's yeah, there's not much more to say about the footwear. But we'll, we'll move back up to the uh to the shirt, which is also at least fairly the one of the easiest parts of the costume. A wingtip collar shirt um is fairly common to find at most formal wear shops or even a decent thrift store or eBay run will get you that. Although I believe his has a detachable collar if you want to get very strictler on that detail, but again, that's not a hard thing to do with some online searching
1: exactly
0: um and i know that we got a deal and i I remember buying my shirt and scott's shirt at the same time uh from a place that was liquidating theirs uh now the tie is really interesting because uh i actually used to think the tie was black until i was scrutinizing photos and scott you caught this first right yeah
2: yeah well like i said i was trying to research as much uh color reference you know for myself and uh it was just coming across enough of them to where I was going like, wow, this is really a dark blue, you know, in uh, it. And uh, you know, on, on a side note, uh, I, I deal in a lot of uh, in the '66 Batman worlds, Batman community of costuming, and uh, and I just happened to be lucky that uh, material, some material that I had for my cape, my Batman cape, which is like a very very dark blue, but highlights this this uh you know bit of navy blue uh that same material worked out perfectly to turn into a, a nail tie so i didn't have to go hunting down material i had some
1: yay <laughs> <laughs> which photograph did you finally find or it was blue
0: oh boy uh going back about three years of memory here um, um I, I, do you want me to answer this, or do you want me to... Please do, Bob. Uh, basically, there's uh, there's a great shot from uh, The Crusade, where he's offering something to Julian Glover, and you can tell in that light it's definitely a blue. There's also some shots from Marco Polo in the color ones where you can also make out it's a blue. The, the key one was that Crusade shot, but um, the great thing about some of the Marco Polo shots is there's some you know clearly off-camera time where Hartnell is talking to William Russell, and the tie is undone and that's a really great shot to see as well. Yep.
1: Because I've got the color uh it's probably uh oh uh, it's the color close up of him and he's got the cape on. Mm-hmm. Which is how I ID the collar as being a velvet or a velveteen. Right. And it's how I also ID the um the uh the clutch the uh the the um uh, the cloak closure, uh-huh. but but his his tie in that picture almost looks royal blue. But then if you do go and look at the picture of him and Marco Polo, it's definitely a more subdued thing. But I mean, you're at the whim of whoever posted these pictures, so
0: yeah. yeah.
2: Well, also it also just whatever the lighting was that they were taking the pictures with as well. You know, if you're under the stage lighting, that's going to kick everything up like a Christmas tree, you know. Yeah. As a you know, as opposed to just even a flash off of a camera. If they're underneath those studio lights, it's just elevates everything to eleven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the the nice thing is that once you find the fabric you like, and it's it's pretty easy to find, you know, midnight blue, whether you want to go matte or satin. I, I believe it's a satin, but um uh, yeah. you it's you're just putting together a strip of fabric long enough to make that bow um, on your coat, I think. Um, I do know that uh, our very first tie, um, because uh, thanks to Scott, I, I also was bequeathed a nice tie from Vicky uh, to upgrade my costume. Thank you again. Uh, it, it, we just use a, a black ribbon from Joann's, you know, for whatever that was, like 50 cents. And, you know, again, it's not perfect, but you want to know what has the read. So, mm-hmm. uh, Is that what you did, Valerie? You just, you just uh, found some uh, midnight... I, I found some uh, blue costume satin. I mean, I could have used
1: gross grain ribbon. Or a satin ribbon, but I I, it, I felt like it needed to be heavier. Mm-hmm. So I just made the uh, I just handmade it out of blue costume satin.
0: Perfect, done and done. Yeah,
2: I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean my my theory on it is like one could go with like something like a ribbon or something like that, but it's a tie. Yeah. So yeah. so 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 the first thing I'm I gotta sit there and goes like, it's gotta be folded over, you know, it's gotta have some kind of fold over to it. It's it's got to have some kind of body to it to where, like I said, you tie it. Like and it drapes like a tie. That, yeah. That's that's it. You know. So that that was my main impression of it.
1: Well, and there's a uh, believe it or not in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, there's a lot of um, Western stores here. Oh sure. Uh, there's a lot of folks that do square dancing. So <laughs> I just went I just went to one of those stores and bought one of those long ties. Ah. I just wanted to see what it was, what it looked like, what its weight was. And so, I just took that with me to the store and that's how I picked out the fabric that I did.
0: Was this, uh, was this a pre-tied tie or was this an... Yes. An... Okay. It was a
1: pre... I would have used one of theirs but they did not have any blue ones <laughs> and their ties are shorter. Gotcha. Yeah. Hartnell's tie was quite long.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I figured, you know, I I have the skill. Let me do it myself.
2: (laughs) You know, I I remember practicing tying the Hartnell tie. (laughs) I could get the bow long enough to the drape long enough, you know, so it sat in the middle of the chest or whatever across the middle of the vest correctly. You know, just one of those silly little things of like, you know, because I've never had to tie a tie like
0: that before.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, hardly common modern uh, formal wear.
2: Yeah, So, but now I do it all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that that's so funny too because my first attempt at the i mean aside from the ribbon is i had gotten a, a pre-tied you know western tie from ebay i thought it was black they gave me like a dark brown i mean look if if, it, if the con had been the next day of course i would have lived we've all been there but uh because i had time of course i switched it but uh yeah even i had considered that option for uh, briefly thinking that'll just get me by and i'm like no it's not and they they tended to be a little too thin i noticed too yeah
1: they are quite
0: thin yeah yeah, his tie is wider than you might think. I noticed that too. That's another little deceptive thing about it.
2: Um it's not like one of those like, you know, like yeah, it's not like one of those thin um Colonel Sanders ties. Yeah. You know, people kind of think of it as, you know.
0: Um and then of course next to that, along the same lines, is the monocle. Mm hmm. So uh well I know very you wore my monocle, didn't you, Scott? Oh yeah, of course. If
2: I could borrow it of yours, I'll just go with that. There we go. <laughs> the uh, I, I just
0: found I just found a monocle on eBay and uh, put a, a slightly smaller ribbon on it, and that's another piece that has not been upgraded since oh eight. And it really, for the moment, doesn't have to be. It looks fine. But uh, did you do anything different on that, Valerie?
1: Uh, I did pretty much the same thing. Got got the eyepiece off of eBay. I also thought that um, had I made the lanyard as big as what they what I saw. In the photograph, that it would be way, way too big for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I cut it. I cut it back to like a three eighths inch, and I and all that was was a ribbon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went with a half inch, and as long as it looks a little bit thinner than the tie, I think I think you're golden yeah. on that one. Yeah, that's another fairly easy piece for the Hartnell costume. Thank goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're running into problems on that trousers and the vest, but oh, but thank God for the the shirt and the monocle and the tie. you
2: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> And you would think the hat would be easy. No. Uh the hat. Well, of course, there were different hats, but we're, we're talking about the main hat, obviously, the ambassador hat, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you could find ambassador hats, but the ones that just have a reed like what he had. <laughs> and I realized there were so many variations of, you know, a single style hat, if that makes sense.
0: There yeah there are that that was deceptive um I I find uh, yeah it was a bit tricky for me to find that hat and then uh, and then sadly my original was lost and I had to replace it but luckily the same seller got him back in stock so yay um but uh yeah no it's a black fleece wool um ambassador hat the only thing I've had to make do with mine is uh, I noticed that most ambassador hats you find are going to have that giant um lip mm-hmm. on it and his doesn't and I still have never found one without the, the, the fold or the lip. Have you?
1: Uh-uh. Um, what I found... Fa- <laughs> See, I, I found Ambassador's hat that I thought would be the perfect hat to wear with this costume, but I didn't have $200 to spend on a hat for a costume.
0: Sure, sure. Because
1: it was a Lance wool hat. Yeah. But uh, the same company had... Uh, had the same ones for like twenty five, twenty six dollars, which is obviously um something that I can work with. But it was a, it was um, I forget what the material was, but it was some uh, artificial shortcut wool kind of thing that obviously didn't have the reed that his hat needed. Right. Um. So anyway, I went ahead and got it. And the reason I got it is uh, I you know my thing was, okay, let me get the hat. I'll find the material. I went ahead and purchased the $25 hat with the idea of buying the appropriate material. When I got the material, then I could just take apart this $25 hat and redraw the pattern onto the material that I wanted to use.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The thing of it was, I couldn't find the right material.
0: Ah, uh, hmm. yeah.
1: And, <laughs> I happen to be in an antique store. I also collect de- depression glass. And I was in this antique store, and there was this pile of clothes lying on a table, and in the middle of this was a wool coat. (laughs) Exactly the pattern I needed for this hat. It was literally a lamb's wool pelt. I bought the coat for $15, Mm -hmm. took it home, tore it apart, tore the hat apart that I bought, and remade the hat out of that lambswool coat.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: that's... (laughs) Now, this was before I bought the wig.
0: Okay, right.
1: Um, The thing of it was, I, I went ahead and made the hat, complete with interfacing, lining, the whole nine yards. Then I got the wig in and found out that the hat was too small.
0: For you and the wig, you mean?
1: And the wig, uh-huh. so I ultimately ended up taking the lining out, and it was one of these real thick linings, like a coat. Sure. Um, and I, I, I just took that out, and it worked perfectly over that wig. So, yeah,
0: I think that's a very good illustration of how, um, if you can't, if you can't find it or find it close enough, um, and uh, even if you're having trouble finding the materials to make it with, uh, that always keep your eyes open for um, other items that you can find to a cut apart to get the pattern even if it's not the right look and material but you're like that's the jacket it's just the wrong color and if you can get it cheap then get it to take it apart and then look at other stuff like exactly donor shirts donor coats donor whatever uh, that Mm -hmm. you can also take apart and reuse the fabric on because that's the kind of ingenuity this stuff takes sometimes
1: oh yeah um the cloak closure Mm-hmm. Were you gonna talk? Were you gonna talk about that?
0: Yeah, let's talk the cloak. Let's talk the. We'll talk the whole cloak. Let's let's start there. I know he only wears it here and there, but it is a great piece to have for Hartnell. I think.
1: Yeah. Um. It's a standard Butterick pattern that I used. Uh, obviously, had to cut it down some. Um. Used a black twill. Uh. The uh. The collar I made out of a really really dark red velvet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the closure if you saw the close up of him with that on the closure looks like lion heads
0: mm-hmm yeah
1: and well, I mean where are you gonna find that right uh, eBay believe it or not, was no help okay however, there's always Etsy.
0: Oh, yes. Etsy, yes. Etsy is the... Uh, I keep forgetting to recommend that. Etsy.com, for those who don't know, um, E-T-S-Y.com is a- another godsend if you're looking for uh, vintage stuff and odd, uh, odds and ends like this, definitely.
1: And the cloak closure I found out there was actually a belt buckle. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's my cloak... That's that's it.
0: That's it. that's what I used. And I... Wait, so you got two of them? They came in a pair?
1: Yeah, it was one of these belt buckles that you uh, that you click together in the front. Okay. It was two lions' heads with green, em- emerald green eyes, mm-hmm. and just beautiful belt. I'd say about an inch and a half around each, and I just tied, you know uh, sewed them onto each end of the cloak. Got a little chain put in the middle. There you go.
0: Bob's your uncle. Gotcha. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I know uh, for my first cloak, um, again, the, the budget version, um, I had gotten a small chain, way too small, but again, we were on a tight schedule and budget, and I just attach it to my previous out-of-a-bag Zorro cape, and just I think we just sewed it on on one end and had a Velcro closure on the other, and it was okay, it wasn't great, because of course it didn't have the collar, it was still a bit too short, and then for the uh, the upgrade, um, we uh, I went to uh, actually just uh, someone who made cloaks for uh, Renaissance clothing. And I showed them a bunch of photos, said this is kind of what I want. They were already making it similar with the giant uh, collar. It was just a matter of making that in velvet, uh, making the length of what I want. And I looked at their various closures, and I think I eventually supplied them with one I'd found on eBay, which is still not perfect with the lion's head, but it does have the right reed with the gold and the chain, and it was about mm-hmm. the right size I wanted. So again, it was, let's get the reed. And then one day, I'm sure I'll be in a shop or I'll be looking on Etsy like you did. I'll be like, oh, "Ooh, lions!" <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, Yeah. So that that's what we did for that. And unfortunately, I I had put that together for 2009 for Scott to wear, and we never got around to you actually wearing it.
2: No, yeah,
0: that that was the funny thing. I,
2: I I don't even think I wore the hat.
0: No, did I? no, you I, didn't. No, you remember very well. I though. remember very well. Yes, like, God, you didn't wear the hat or the coat. You know, <laughs> it does make the costume a lot hotter. Um, I mean, I.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, and also, I, and I think also, I think I had some concerns with the hat in regards that I just spent all this time in makeup, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't know, you know, how much it was going to, you know, you know, uh, how much it was going to affect the bald cap or in the, in the hair and all the other stuff as well.
0: But, I, I think my concern wasn't so much wearing it all day. I understand that it, it's a bear to wear, but I just wanted it to be worn for some of the, the portraiture photos we took. And unfortunately, things were so crazy that day that I, I remember it sitting in a heap on a chair. Uh, it got totally discarded because everyone st- stuck their jackets and stuff over there. So it got right, mixed right. up with all the civvy wear, so to speak.
2: Well, the th- funny thing about, fo- you know, photo sessions or anything like that, especially when you're doing them at a convention you know the convention's going on. You think it's something that you'll get around to or whatever, and then it becomes oh, you know, goes by the wayside. Yeah.
0: Now there is the the I believe slight variant cloak he wears in Planet of Giants, which is a different color. Mm. Um, every every photo I've seen that it, it photographs kind of like a, a mid or maybe even light gray, and all of the all of the depictions I've seen of it, I've never seen a color photo to substantiate this. Um, is that it's sort of a sky blue? light blue and uh, yeah I don't think it's the same cloak that he wears in the other episodes where he wears the cloak you know like in War Machines and so forth um, so that's another variant people can do to give it a little splash of color or actually a rather large splash of color um, so something to keep in mind for an interpretation all I know is I, I have the image of the uh, Target novelization burned into my brain where he's wearing the blue cloak and I'm like ooh you know it's, it just looked kind of nice so it's another thing for people to think about so, let's see, cloak, hat, and scarf. Let's talk scarf. Uh,
1: scarf. Well, another one of those, you can't find the material anywhere. I looked, I looked, I looked. Mm-hmm. Um, what the heck? Let's see, that I wore that outfit 2011. A, yeah. I was up in New York City in October of 2010. I was at the New York Wine and, che- Wine and Food Festival. Mm-hmm. And um, there are any number of people selling chanel bags, wallets, what have you. There's also a lot of scarf salesmen. And I ran across this little Pakistani stand selling scarves and there it was. Uh, the Perfect
0: fine, huh?
1: Oh my god. I was like, I don't care how much it is. Well, I did. But how much could it be on the streets of New York? So, yeah.
0: that's where we lose the signal for this episode come on back for the second part of my chat with valerie and scott we're going to get more into hartnell and doctor who land as part of our countdown to gallifrey one if anyone has any ideas or suggestions please shoot them my way here at www.costumestationzero.com and come on back after this episode for the next guest will be mr steve ricks and we'll be talking all kinds of nitty-gritty about doctor who tailoring so hope you're there This is Bob Mitch signing off for Costume Station Zero.